buttons, pushing buttons, pushing buttons, pushing buttons. Hello, everybody. Good morning. This is Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude coming to you from the heart of Little Italy, San Diego, the greatest city in the world. Oh, man. So today I'm solo. We are going into this. And again, before we start every show, we do gratitude. Um, so I need to, man, I have a lot of gratitude today. I'm especially grateful. Good morning. Good, good to see you. <laughs> I'm especially gr grateful this morning for attorneys, especially attorneys who work for free. Um, and their read and their willingness to read and go over 59 page contracts. Thank you to them. God bless them. Um, I'm also grateful today for Karen for going through and reading every single word of a very detailed contract that uh, would have been very punishing to say the least. Um, yeah, that because I, I honestly just straight up, I don't have the patience to read a 59 page contract. So today I'm grateful for that. I'm also grateful for Jason Cisneros um, for everything that he's been in my life. And, uh, of course, grateful for all of you for watching the show, all of your shares, all of your likes. Let's get into the show. Good morning, everybody. We are being heard right now on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Spotify. We're being seen live on YouTube. We are being seen, of course, on Facebook Live. Good morning, everybody. Um, honestly, at this point, you can just Google search Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude and you'll find us. Like any way that you want to watch, any way that you want to listen, we are everywhere. It's, it's, it's a tremendous blessing. Um, I'm excited to be here and I'm excited about today's show. The, uh, let me turn that down. That's, that is a band called The New Low. I love these cover band songs. Good morning, Suchi. Good morning, Kenny. Karen, good morning. Uh, Paula, good to see you. And Natalie, of course, good morning. And if you're wondering who I'm talking to, you can, of course, check us out at Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude on Facebook. Um, so yeah, I went into my gratitude today, and again, I am extremely grateful because I would not have the patience to read a 59-page contract. Um, and yeah, that's a lot. It was a lot of work. I watched her do it, and I'm like, I'm not doing this. There's no way, because I will just say, screw it, and sign. And thank God she didn't let me sign. Good morning, John. Good to see you, my man. Um, so really quick before we get into it, this is what we're going to talk today about because, and, and this is going to be fun. So we're going to talk about friendship because I'm now learning how to be a friend. Good morning, Rona, the world's greatest virtual assistant. Um, why I believe what I believe and, uh, where people fall short of living their dreams. Those are the three subjects we're going to talk about today. But first things first, I've been experimenting. I've lost a little bit of weight. And a lot of it has to do with I'm not drinking all the time, but also I've kind of supplemented my day with this concoction and I'm going to show you my concoction and I feel amazing when I drink this because I don't need caffeine. So I found a really good protein and, and by the way, I'm a huge fan 
of uh, Advocare and Isogenics. But this is, I found this plant-based protein called Superbrood Protein that's amazing. That, that in itself is keeping me full. But here's the fun stuff. This is like my super juju drink. So first, maca powder. I don't know if you can see it. Oops, let me move the label. Like this stuff is terrific. I swear to you, I think it's like legal cocaine. I, I can't even begin to explain it. Cacao powder. I don't know what this stuff is, but it's like, it's called the food of the gods. I feel like a god when I drink it. It's a little crazy. Hold on. Um, oh yeah, this stuff too. I don't know what Moringa, Moringa powder is, but I read the back of it and it sounds amazing. So basically, it's a, it's a great detox. And then of course, freaking mushrooms. I love this stuff. I mix this every day in my smoothie and sometimes I've been having it twice a day and my energy levels have gone off the roof like I really needed help with that. But also, I just feel better and I'm not bloated from eating meat all the time. So... I'm really trying to get into this vegetable stuff so I can like, you know, be healthier because that makes sense to be healthier, you know, um, and not eating red meat all the time. Although I did go out to dinner last night with the doctor and I had a little bit of meat and it was terrific. Anyway. Okay. So I, last night, um, I was in the hot tub with Karen and we were talking and I'm like, I dawned on me that I, I really have never been a friend to anybody. Like, really, had not not been a friend, and like, I mean, I've had friends and I've hung out, but but when it's come to like doing what friends do, because somebody invited me to go to dinner, and I was like, that this is weird. Like, they invited me to go to dinner. I don't what that that's odd. Like in my past, it's always been, do you want to go get a drink? Or do you want to meet me out at here or meet me out at there? And they invited me to dinner. And I'm like, this is really unnatural to me. But, and I was talking to Karen about it. She goes, yeah, that's what friends do. They go have dinner. I'm like, they do? (laughs) I, I didn't know. And like, as I've been going through this process of leadership, emotional intelligence training, my, my heart has been open and my heart, I love people. Like I love people. I love helping people. But as far as like having that, the friendships where you talk to them on the phone and you, and you, you know, care about how they're doing and you reach out to them and just send them a message saying, Hey, I'm thinking about you. That's all new to me. And, and I'm learning how to be a friend and it's, it's awesome. But here's my life before friends. It was work, partying, sex. And then, I don't know what was the fourth one. I think that was it. Sex, partying, and work. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did before. And, or like going out and hanging out. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now Karen said it best that I'm filling all of these gaps in my life because I've had a lot of holes, right? Like I've had no substance other than, you know, a heart for people, but... There was nothing really there. Like I didn't maintain friendships. I'm, and it's new to me. Like I'm learning how to do it. Good morning, Jane. Good to see you. Um, and by the way, where's everyone from? Like, will you plug your locations where you're from? Because I'd like to shout you out. I know Jane's in Canada, but I forget where. John, how about our Yankees, baby? <laughs> Opening day. All right. So 
and I'm learning how to be a friend. And and it's it's different, but just sitting there talking and having no agenda and just talking. And I and I don't know why this is such a big deal to me, but it's like it's honestly something so new to me and I'm I'm figuring it out. Like I don't know the rules of friendship. You know? Because do you is it okay? For an like for me to call somebody, go hey, would you like to have dinner? And it not mean anything other than we just want to go have dinner and talk. Do people do that? Like that happened to me. I did it last night, and I I honestly was assumed. Hi, Patty from Tennessee. Welcome. But I honestly assume Ontario, Canada. Love it, love it. Okay, so friends without Regina, I mean, friends without agendas are rare. Okay. That's what Jane says. In radio audience, in case you're wondering, Jane is an amazing human being that you should watch her on Facebook. Um, Patty, I don't know you, but I'm looking forward to getting to know you. But like when I got a call and like said, hey, let's go have dinner. I thought, oh, this is a business meeting because why else would a guy call me and want to go to dinner? No, he wanted to be my friend. And that's really, that was it. And it just dawned on me last night that I have no clue how to be a friend or what friend rules are. And it, and it's kind of, kind of embarrassing, but it's also kind of awesome that I'm learning how to be friends with people. Uh, and, and Jane saying that friends with no agendas are hard. Like, I, yeah, I, I'm paranoid because I've never really let anybody in, you know, consider myself a pretty different guy and I have different beliefs, which we're going to talk about. And you know, it's just, it's a different, different world I live in. Patty, you do look familiar. You do. I, I'm brain farting right now. Um, thank you. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn because I want to, I want to be a good friend and not just somebody that cares about people at a distance. Like it's really easy with a microphone and a camera here to talk about how much I care about you. But like even yesterday going out in the street, I don't know if you guys saw the video, but I went out and passed out flowers to strangers yesterday and just tell them like I complimented, like however I felt like they deserved a compliment, I gave it to them. So there was a homeless woman. Um, I didn't give it to the woman that drank vodka straight out of the bottle. That was a little weird to me. Uh, I didn't want to give her a flower because I figured she would, you know, eat it. Because uh, anyone drinking pawpaw vodka straight out of the bottle um, is probably going to eat the flower. And I, I just like, I'm not going to sacrifice this flower. But it was a lot of fun. I gave it to a dude that was driving a sweet car. I stopped and there's all these public, these free ride things you can get in uh, San Diego downtown. Like ran across the street, almost got hit by a car and like gave her a flower. It was an amazing experience. And then I had my friendship experience at dinner of somebody that was genuinely interested in being my friend. And I don't know why at 38 years old that I'm still like paranoid every time somebody wants to be my friend. I, and maybe that has more to do with me than it does anybody else, you know? So I'm working through that. So I'm learning how to be a friend. And, and it is kind of fun. I honestly, I feel like, you know, my heart filled up a little bit more and it's like somebody else to care about and got to know and somebody that was really freaking interesting. Um, you know, motivational speaker, written multiple books, uh, is a hypnotist. Um, yeah, John, 
but I'm not coming to New Jersey until it warms up, and we will go to a Yankee game because that would be amazing. I've never, I've not been to a Yankee game, and I'm a Yankee fan. So if I come there, um, yeah, maybe she has issues with flower garden. Yeah, there you go. So hello, Shad. How are you? So yeah, John, we'll go to dinner when I go to New York. That would be fun, and I would be there. You go. See, look at this, friends. Another friend right there. Amazing. We are friends, Bonnie, and you didn't come see me when you were in L.A. So I'm learning how to do this. So the other thing I want to talk about is why I believe what I believe. Now, this one will be interesting. Rebe- Rebecca and I are friends. We are. Yeah. So I'm going to segue away from the friend thing because it was just a top of the head moment. Like yesterday, it, like literally in the hot tub, it just dawned on me. Like I have no idea how to be friends with people and I, and I'm learning and I like how much, like how much is call is calling too much is like, I mean, do you call or do you text friends or do you pick up the phone and call them? Like, and do you call them every day? Like I have a hard enough time remembering to call my mom. You know, I get busy in tonal visions. We, we are friends. Yes. And I'm loving, by the way, it has been so much fun meeting a lot of you in person from like going to events and all of a sudden like you someone comes up and goes hey i watch your show I'm like you do oh my gosh how cool it's amazing like it means a lot to me or i listen to it on itunes or iHeartRadio. like i hear that i'm like oh my god and and the people feel like they know me from the 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 show and i am this is me all the time other people um I know, Rebecca, I know, but yeah, I, I, I love you and I love your cause and I, and, and I, but we're all, yeah, we're friends. We've gotten to know each other and I would hang out with you all anytime, but I am, I'm, I'm, I'm like wanting to know these rules of how you be a friend and, and like what you do. Do you call all the time or do you just call when you think of the person? Do that. How do you, how do you let, good morning, Nick Harris, also a friend and somebody I talked to off the air. Um, like how do you, what are the rules? What are the rules of friends? Do you call all the time? Do you call every day? Cause that sounds like a lot of work, right? And then what if you get stuck on like a five hour conversation and everybody on here that I know is like grinding and like they're trying to make a difference in the world. So how do you make time to call all the time? Or do you schedule the call? Do you say, okay, this is a five minute call. This is why I like the Marco Polo app. Because you can just say what you know, say what you got to say, and it's like, hey, how are you? And love you, thinking about you, and then you can leave it, let it, let it stay there. So anyway, I'm learning to do it, but I'm enjoying becoming friends with people, like genuinely friends, for the first time in my life, and just being authentically me, not feeling like I need to be somebody that I'm not. Rebecca says I call if someone is on my spirit and I pray for them. Just shoot them a text. No, no, ever call too busy. Okay, see there you go. Okay, so. I want to do why people, um, I want to do why I believe what I believe. Wow. There's a lot of people here. Good morning, guys. Good to see you guys. Okay. So someone today wanted to know uh, when I put it out there on Facebook, why I believe what I believe. And so obviously I think you guys know about this point that I'm a follower of Christ. Like I, I know that Jesus died on a cross for my sins. I know this, but I also want to make very clear that I believe that, um, like I'm, I'm a lover of all people and all faiths and people that no matter what you believe, I love you. 
and I create a space that you're safe to be my friend. And just because you may not worship the same God or the same savior or the same prophet, I, I, I don't even know all the words, just because you may believe differently, or just because you may believe that you can connect directly to God, just because you may believe in the universal code or the power or the laws of the universe, if just because you believe that doesn't mean that I'm going to sit there and judge you. Because honestly, I believe in the laws of the universe as well. But I do have my faith. I read the Bible. Like, that's where I get my wisdom from. The Bible is my self-help book. And, and it's not... It's not about... I'm going to read these comments in a second. Golly, you guys are comedy machines today. This is unbelievable. I love this. Um, yes. So And so is Jesus. He would have been there first to care for the lost. Right. Absolutely. So... I grew up in a Baptist church, like Southern Baptist Church and in Oklahoma called First Baptist Church of Moore. And there was this preacher that was a hellfire and damnation preacher. He was like, I don't think it ever got as extreme as, you know, um, you know, if you dance, you're going to hell. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think it ever got that bad. But he was like, fornicators. And, and like, if you go to sex, if you have sex before you get married, you're going to hell. Um, if you're gay, you're going to hell. You're, if you do this, you do that. Like everything, you're going to hell. If you don't tithe, you're going to hell. Like that, that was the kind of church that grew up in. Well, and sure enough, that same preacher decided that he wanted to have an affair on his wife and steal money from the church so he could pay for a ring for his mistress. So, yeah, is, faith is what you make it. Really good comment. So here's the thing. We're all men and women. We're all human, right? And we're all flawed. And preachers have it worse than anybody, I would imagine. Because, you know, that is where you're... That safe space, right? And it can that pulpit can be misused big time. And I would imagine how vulnerable you the situations that you put yourself in when you're counseling women and you're in this private room and, oh, let me pray for you. And this woman's having a breakdown. And next thing you know... You're feeling that energy and you're like, oh, let me comfort you and give you a hug. And it's like, and then you're making out and then you're having sex. And like, oh my God, what did I do? Because when your penis takes over your brain, you know, you lose sight of everything. Like all of a sudden you forget about Jesus and like, and, the, and then you become your penis. And that's like, that's true. And like, I've been reading a lot about the, uh, sex and spirituality and like how it all ties. And when I say spirituality, I mean why we are told not to like just blow our seed everywhere i'll get into that in a second so that really bothered me and on top of that around this time i'm being molested so i thought i'm going to hell because i had technically had sex because i was molested so i immediately thought that i was going to hell because of what happened and then i was molested by my female babysitter and I'm like, okay, now I'm really going to hell. And I don't know what the heck I am. And I don't know what's going on with me. So I turned away from God completely. Completely lost my faith. And just ran from him. Like, I don't want that. I don't trust this. I don't trust this. And then just ventured off into the world of drugs and sex and, and anger and hostility and and, and, and addiction and abuse and all, all of it. 
I got so far away from God. But it was funny because every time that I had hit what I thought was a rock bottom, and I felt like I hit rock bottom a lot. I mean, honestly, like I can't think, I, they're, they've all been bad. I mean, all of them. I mean, being homeless is bad. Being in jail six times is bad. Um, shaming my family is bad. You know, like having stuff show up in the newspaper is really bad and making like national newspapers. I mean, none of that stuff is good, right? And those are all rock bottoms. But I, every time that I was like, screw this, I want to end it. Hi, Denise. And I'm going to read your comments in a second. But every time that I hit this rock bottom, I'd be like, okay, I, I would see this vision of what I was supposed to do in this world. And for some reason, that was enough to make me say, okay, that's it. I can do this. I got this. I got this. I'm going to do it. And I'd get all pumped up watching, you know, motivational videos and watching sermons of like the, the, the sermons that are like slash motivational videos. So think like Joel Osteen, T.D. Jakes, like pump you up stuff. No real substance, but just like, oh yeah, you can think it and you know, you're going to become it. So this hap- like I would do that and I, I would get this head thing. But then the minute I'm like, I've changed, I've changed, I'm different. And the minute someone would say, no, you're not. You're not, this, you're, 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 you're nothing. You're, you're always going to be a loser. You're always going to be an addict. You're always going to be an abuser. You're always going to be um, a, a, a junkie. And when I'd hear those things, I'd go, Oh, yeah, you're right. And then immediately go right back down the path I was on, making my situation worse. This went on a lot until the very sixth time in jail. And I had my moment with God. I've shared this before on the show, but for those of you who have not heard it, it's me screaming. I'm put in isolation because I was I made the mistake of telling them I was sick, the, the, prison, the, the guards. So they put me in isolation and... I'm there hearing all these crazy people scream like rah, 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 and, and making noises and screaming at the guards and like and talking about God knows what. It was freaking insane. And then uh, finally I can't handle it anymore. Like I can't. Um, and I'm start screaming at God. Why won't you change me? Why won't you change me? Why can't you fix me like you fixed everybody else? And like this goes on for a while and finally I hear God say you have to forgive your father. Well, how in the heck am I supposed to do that? Like what look at all the stuff that he did, blah blah, I mean just go, you know, on and on and on and on. Because it happened to him too. Ooh. Ooh. So all of a sudden I started imagining these same things that had happened to me. And I remember my father's behavior and how my father was. And then I go, oh, so yeah. So basically I became my father and okay. So, and it happened. Okay. Now this makes sense. Oh, so it happened to him too. Oh, and then I felt compassion for my father for the first time. And I just wept and wept. And I said, Dad, I forgive you. Rest in peace. I forgive you. 
And, you know, around that time, I, the only thing they would give me to read was a little Bible. But, you know, I was reading Proverbs and I was reading John and uh, Psalms. I tried to read Genesis and that just made me crazy. Um, and I, I went away from that and went back to John. And I'm like, Dad Gummit, I've been doing this wrong. I've been doing it wrong. I've been doing it wrong. Everyone, like reading Proverbs made me go, yeah, suck at that. Suck at that. Suck at that. Not very good at that. Not very good at that. And I had my come to Jesus meeting, as I like to call it. And, and in that moment, I asked Jesus to transform my life. Now, here's why I believe what I believe. Because I tried believing in the one universal God. I tried believing that I could connect to the universe and I would be in all alignment. And woo, I, I, would, I, believe, I, I was hoping that. I tried, right? It didn't work for me. And the reason I believe what I believe and why my faith is what it is, is because in that moment when I yelled at God, screaming at him, when I yelled at him, he spoke to me. And when I did ask for forgiveness and I asked Jesus to take over my life, I felt like I got knocked down on the floor, boom, and then it lifted right back up. To this day, the most powerful feeling I've ever had in my life, and nothing's ever been different. Like, I've never had another feeling like that in my life. I feel joy. I feel happiness. I feel all that. But that moment in time, I have never felt. So I believe what I believe because when I asked what I asked, I was transformed. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. I still drop F-bombs and I'm not condoning F-bombs at all. I wish there was a Christian F-word. I really do because I really like the F-word. I'm not going to lie. And, and another thing too, like look, I'm... Who the heck? I have some strange person texting me. I don't know who that is. Um, like, that's why I believe what I believe, but I still do not have judgment towards people of Muslim faith or Buddhist. Like, like there's questions that I have. Like, where was Jesus from 13 to 33? Like, what was he doing? Like, there's a huge belief that he was in India and he was a yogi. And there's a lot of stuff like that. There's a lot of belief that, you know, there's other Jesus teachings out there that were not allowed in the Bible, like the Gospel of Thomas. Like, that's something to, like, consider. And... And it's really up for the sake of argument of man of whether it's real or not. But when you read the Gospel of Thomas, it makes a lot of freaking sense. You know? And like there's a lot of things out there that make sense. So like I think it's okay to question things. Like I, I you know, I, I believe that Jesus and I mean, God created us the way that we are. And that when we are to love, I believe that religion has been the single most divisive thing in our world religion and then politics and then the freaking you're not cool enough and you're and you're not pretty enough and you're you know like all of this crap like but really the thing that divided us i i don't know if it's at the very beginning but it seems like religion has done a lot to divide us like you're not christian enough I hate the word Christian, by the way. That's why I say I'm a follower of Christ, because I follow Christ. Like, I, I, and I'm not perfect, but I, like, his teachings, his exact words 
or the words that changed my life. It wasn't man's. It wasn't interpretation. When I pray and I like and I read the Bible and I read my devotionals, like I'm can I'm talking to Jesus. Like I'm listening to his words and those are the words that I want to live by. And I don't know where Jesus said, you know, Muslims are going to hell or Buddhists are going to hell. I don't know where he said that. I haven't seen it yet. And I also told, don't know where he said that we need to discriminate and alienate ourselves from other people. Like, we're, we're man and woman. We were meant to collaborate. Like in business, the hierarchy of the way business works pisses me off too. But I've all, like my belief is that we, especially as entrepreneurs, should collaborate and work together because think about how many times you've struggled as an entrepreneur or just in any business that you've been in and think about how badly you needed someone to give you a hand and like a helping hand, open the door, an opportunity, something, encouragement, a look in the eye to go, I believe in you. Brian Wright, Brian Wright um, will send me a message like every two, three days sometimes and just to say, I believe in you. And it's so funny because right when I get them, every time I need to hear it. Because sometimes I have a hard time believing in myself. Which segues to our next topic. Hold on, I'm going to read these comments really quick. Um, you guys are great. You guys are really fun today. Look at all these comments. This is wild. Uh, when I pray, I know he's listening. Yes, he's always listening. Serve. Yes, we are called to serve and help our fellow man collaborate and love. Every teacher, and I'm not, look, it, it's Jesus for me. That's my, that's my guy, okay? Jesus is my, truly my homeboy. But every teacher that's been out there of, of, of like how we live our lives and how we're supposed to be, they taught the same stuff. They did. They did. So this discrimination and judgment and, 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 and all of that towards other people is wrong. If you, I'm going to tell you a story real quick before we segue. Yesterday, we're walking back. Karen and I are, you know, she's reading that 59-page contract. Karen and I are walking back from the co having coffee. And, and I've just gotten to doing a live. I walk back and this guy just homeless as homeless could be. And we see a lot in, in Little Italy. Some of them are easy to walk by. This guy goes, hey, man. Hey, man, can you buy me some food? And typically when someone asks that, I'm like, well, yeah, of course. I said, no. I said, no, I don't have any money. Oh, God. I felt like four seconds after I felt sick to my stomach and I go, I really don't need to spend this money right now. I went back and I said, you know what, man? What would you like to eat? He goes, I would love some sandwich meat and some cheese. I thought, oh my God, this is all he wants is sandwich meat and a cheese. So I went into the store, bought him that and some a baguette bread and gave it to him. And he was so, he was so thankful for freaking sandwich meat and cheese and I blew him off 
Like at first, I mean, I went back because I was like, I really felt convicted. Not guilty. I'm like, no, dude, buy him freaking food. Like my brain's talking to me. Buy him food. And I think, like, how many times did I need a helping hand? And someone showed up miraculously. What, when I was homeless and I got the phone call about working the, the Emmys and getting involved and all the hope that they gave me and how that, and how that inspired me to just keep fighting. And I had no money. Like, it is, it's so important that we help people. It's so important. It doesn't matter if it's like a dollar, you know? doesn't matter if it's a smile, but when you know that you are able to help in that situation and you don't help, you're denying yourself so many blessings. And sometimes that blessing is the joy you will feel by making someone else's day better. There's... I don't know what in the world I would do without all of the people that have come in my life like angels to offer encouragement, to offer opportunities, guidance. And you know, and it, but I could just have easily been that guy. I saw a guy today really good looking guy actually um at the gym and at, at our gym we they allow homeless people to come in if they have a membership which is fine because they can shower and get cleaned up and they can work out they can stay healthy but i saw this guy that looked like he could have been on any magazine cover in the world any i mean like strikingly good looking and he, I, I looked down and I was getting my bag. I was putting my big old jug of water in there, and 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 he, um, and I looked at, I looked to the left, and because I, I could smell the smell, and all of his bags were there, and he was home, and I discovered that he was homeless. And I'm just thinking to myself, this guy, you put a suit on him. This guy probably has the most powerful story in the world. This guy could, if given the opportunity, could transform so many people's lives. And, you know, and, and, and sometimes it just takes that one person to offer an opportunity. Sometimes it just takes that one person to whisper encouragement in their ear. Because, you know what? That guy was me three and a half years ago. Getting ready at the gym. And putting my suit on to go work the Emmys when I was living out of my car. And it was one phone call. And like, what if he... What if he just needs that little bit of encouragement, right? What if he just needs it 
to be able to find another day, to find the right opportunity. So you guys, the point is, you don't know the power that you have in, in being a blessing to other people. You don't know. You don't know what you can do. So the reason why I say at the end of almost every show, if you have the opportunity to help someone and be a difference in their lives, just do it. Just say it. Pick up the phone and say, I'm thinking of you today and I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for everything that you've been in in, in my life. Like those phone calls are priceless and you never know when they come. It could be the right time. So it's amazing. I, I, I just, anyway, I'm done with that one. <laughs> um, so where people fall short on living the dreams. Oh my God. Okay. So this was a suggestion of um, Kenneth Tolbert. And uh, this one was a pretty good one, actually. I really like this. Um, you know, a lot of it's just giving up. Like, here's the thing. You really do have a choice in life. Like, you, you can choose. Like, I think that we all know deep inside the things that we're passionate about and we love. I think we understand what our gifts are. And, I mean, I, I think we do. I hope we all do. But... Like when we deny that, when we deny our purpose, when we deny our gifts and we choose to use our gifts, you know, for ourselves and we're not using them for other people, the blessing of other people. If you think about it, remember, like if you give, you know, you, you receive, right? You know, we're, but if you're looking to receive, well, I'm, I'm butchering that, but it's, it is more of a blessing to give than to receive is what the thing is, right? Well, that's no joke. It, it, it's, that's just part of life. And like the reason why you use your gifts for other people is you want to bless other people because life is not about the individual. So life is not about me. So I, I won't say life is not about you because my life is about you. My goals, my aspirations, what I'm called to do is to change the world. Billions of people. That is my calling. And and how I'm doing that as part of my vision and what we we are I'm doing behind the scenes every day, working and praying for that I meet the right people that can help make this happen because I can't do it alone. But the fact is my life is not about me and what makes me happy. Even though coincidentally, I'm very happy and feel a lot of joy for helping other people. But it, it is a sacrifice too. And I can tell you that to answer that question about why people fall short, as I think they give up. And, and sometimes our egos get in the way of the truth. And sometimes we feel the pressure of, oh, but I need a new car, so I'm going to cut a corner in this business deal, or I'm going to cut this person's throat, um, not literally, I hope, but we're going to, you know, I, I'm going to cut corners to not, to, 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 to get ahead. 
I'm, I'm going to create a win-win for me, but not the other person. And in doing that, you're denying like your your gift, right? You're you're going away from that, and I think that is where people fall short, or that's where people see their dreams crumble when people lose fortunes. I've been there. I I blew through more money than I even care to admit in a very short amount of time, being an idiot. But I was also self-absorbed and everything was about me. And in my mask and, the, and, and hiding. And that is not the way to live. That's why people fall short. The opportunity to be on stage, the opportunity to do a show, the opportunity to be on TV has always been there for me. But I blew it up and torched it. Because I was living for myself and not other people. And also people give up and don't, they, they, they want to control everything. They want to control the situation. That, that saying, let go and let God is probably the most powerful thing in the world. Because you're not in control. The more you resist and the more you fight. So like the people that believe in the universal laws, like that, it's so true. Like just trust God that he's got you. But also, one of the most powerful things that you can do ever, the most powerful thing that you can do is to test your faith every day. Stretch yourself. Do something that's out of the norm. Take a step towards your purpose every day, even when it's scary. If you if you if you feel like you're living in the moment and doing what you're called to do, you will see God perform more miracles in your life than you ever thought was possible. But you 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 get to live in faith. You get to. And if you don't, you won't see blessings, you won't see miracles. If you're holding on to resentments, if you're holding on to anger towards somebody or hostilities, you're, you're selling yourself short. The importance of the, the emotional intelligence training that I've been doing is helping me get rid of all this past stuff. I can honestly look at being in jail six times and laugh. I, I can laugh because I get to use this to help other people. I... I get to use the fact that like, I understand what the sexual and physical abuse did to me and how it shaped my mind in a way that it confused who I was. And now, like knowing, getting to know who I am and not battle is an amazing thing. Getting to look at the fact that, you know, that I have HIV and looking at being bipolar and dyslexic and having ADHD and looking at being sexually abused and physically abused and, and looking at my, and looking at the fact that I, you know, have, have battled with drug addiction and sex addiction. Looking at that now I can go, I don't look at it with pain because it doesn't hurt me anymore because I get to use it to help other people come out and be in the light. 
so they can heal and they can get better. You know, my vision for my life, you're right, Jane, there's another side of, uh, the other side of pain is, is that gift, absolutely. Uh, Rebecca, if you message me, I'll tell you, but it's, um, here, I'll, I'll put it in the screen. That's what, I, that's it. It's the most amazing thing. I'm going to read these real quick. Jessica, need to watch this. Um, I'm an empath and it's an amazing gift, but at the same time, you feel the pain of others. Yeah, it's got to be exhausting. Your gift is draining. Like, one of the, so I'm by, like I battle bipolar disorder. It's a gift. I get, I make so many people that are bipolar mad when I say this, but it's a gift because I have superpowers. Like I can do things that are amazing, but here's the problem. Like when I work events, I'm on, I'm on stage for three days and I get to go at it. Afterwards, I'm done. Like, I'm out. The last three days have been hell for me because I've been in a bipolar low. You may not have noticed it because I do a pretty good job of hiding it. But as soon as the show's over, I'm like, I'm done. But I look at it as a superpower and it's a blessing to me. I really do look at it like a blessing and all of that past stuff now doesn't weigh on me. It Because I'm getting to use it for the benefit of other people and the betterment of other people. Uh, Bonnie says, I'm grateful for my blessings of encouragement from great people like Joshua, Nick, and Marty, and Brian. Absolutely, I love those guys. I'm at my lowest point in my life with you guys' support and hopeful knowing there's good in living and not giving up. I'm happy to know each and every one of you. Ah, oh, that's super sweet. Um, Cinnamon says, whatever in life you receive, always give back. Whether it's your time or sharing your story to help someone who's been in the same or similar situation. Yes, absolutely. And to that point, and to that point, every single one of you, every single one of you have a message that needs to be heard from someone. Your gift in life is not for you. It's for someone or many people. It's the truth. Like you, you are. And I'm going to say this again. You're like, well, I have, if, you're ever t if you ever tell yourself you have, don't have a purpose in this world and you have no meaning to be here, if you ever say that, let me explain this. I worked with complex disabilities for a 18 years. 18 years. I worked with people that were 36, 37, 38 years old that never spent anywhere like they never went anywhere outside of their crib imagine being 36 37 38 years old and living your life in a crib because your cerebral palsy is so bad that you you really don't even fit into a wheelchair you cannot talk other than making noises hearing's probably a little off and you go well, what purpose does that person have? Let me tell you. I asked the mother one day, and who's a single mother, she was elderly, had really bad rheumatoid arthritis, like she could not open her hands. It was it maybe with osteoporosis, uh, sorry. Um, no, rheumatoid arthritis. Anyway, 
I asked her, I was like, how, like, how, like, does, does he, like, is he, does he happy? Like, what is, what's going on? He seems happy. How is he happy? Because, because every time I walk, I, he can hear me walk in the room or he can feel me walk near the room. He just gets so excited. And then I, when I see, him in, I see him in the crib and I look at him in the eyes and he just lights up. It brings so much joy to my life. And then she says, I just, I prayed to God. I was told I couldn't have kids. I was too small. I prayed to God that I could have kids. And, and, and I was told by the doctors I wouldn't have kids. And then I did. And I got my little boy that I wanted. 36 years old. Can't not talk. Has to be fed. Has to be wiped. Has to have everything done for him. She got the little boy that she wanted. His purpose was being her little boy. So if you think that you don't have a purpose, you're lying to yourself. And your gift, your purpose, is to bless other people. You guys have an amazing day. Thank you so much for watching. Donna, Bonnie, Linda, Cinnamon, Jane, Rebecca, um, Paula. Good to see you guys. Thank you. Thank you everyone for watching. Everyone listening on iHeartRadio. Everyone listening on Spreaker, Spotify. Everyone listening. Thank you so much and God bless.